you don't know when the road is going to turn and how many times it's going to, but you got to keep going down the road. Welcome back to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. Very excited to have you and to have our next guest, my good buddy, Adam Edson. He is the owner of Rare CrossFit in Fredericksburg, Virginia, the second season host of the Mentee Podcast and an accomplished ultramarathon runner. And through Rare CrossFit and the Mentee Podcast, he teaches and educates individuals about the mind, the body, and running a successful business. He's a subject matter expert in health, fitness, and mindset, allowing him to inspire, impact, and influence others to follow what makes their heart sing. His energy and positive attitude helps build lifetime relationships that empower him to have a game-changing impact in others. One of my favorite things about Adam, whenever I talk with him, he always leads off the conversation with, how can I add value? He is going to add value to your life today. He shares a couple of very powerful stories, uh, one of which gave me chills about his relationship with his stepfather. And I know that you will learn a lot about having a positive mental attitude and choosing to own your destiny. Bust out your pens and paper, take some notes, and brace for impact. Adam Edson, welcome to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. Very excited to have you and, and include you as we wrap up the comeback series. Hey, man, it's a pleasure. I appreciate you inviting me on, Mike, and uh, anything I can do to add value to the audience of your show, brother. Absolutely. Well, you know how we kick things off. We always start with with uh, the same question, and I'm actually I'm going to begin in the near future to to stop asking this question. So you you're going to be one of the last people that gets to to answer this question, which is if you could pick any skill set that you currently possess and turn it into a superpower, what would it be? Uh, it would definitely be connecting with people and adding value to those people. Just a super connector, man. Is that something you've always had or is it something that you've developed over the last few years? It has definitely developed more over the last few years and learning some skills and stuff from one of my mentors, Jeff, and a few other people. But uh, yeah, man, it's, um, I love, I'm trying to think who I heard this from. I think it was Ryan Moran or actually from Jeff Woods, really, that when you reach a plateau in your business or in life, you're just missing a person. 80% of what you want in your life is directly right there in the network you have, the people that are around you. So that is, that is definitely a superpower for sure. And I'm honing that skill day and day. So what are you doing to develop that skill? How are you putting yourself out into the world so that you are trying to connect with that one person that could be the bridge between where you are and where you want to be? Well, you know, Mike, that was a struggle for a long time, like how to do that. And a lot of it has to get in clear on what you want and then asking questions of what you're looking for. And then basically, you know, being transparent and vulnerable, which a lot of people struggle with, right? It's being comfortable with yourself, putting your message out there. So that's really what I started doing, um, you know, probably about two years ago is putting the message out there more of who I was and what I'm looking for. And then that really helped by getting mentors and coaches about, you know, getting in the right room with people that are even more super connectors, right? And sharing that with them. And they've been like, hey, what can I do to add value to you, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's amazing. So going to conferences and things like that has been a huge 
uh, success and way to expand on that as well. You know, but I think it's just being transparent and vulnerable and getting your message out there of what you need. Transparency and vulnerability are two major issues that entrepreneurs need to face and, and grapple with and you know, come, to, come to grips with on a daily basis. But it's a journey. It's not something that people are immediately prone to doing, to being vulnerable and to ripping open their chest and sharing their, their greatest setbacks and their greatest victories with other people. But it's a great sign of strength. So what's an example of a situation where you have seen vulnerability and transparency come to bear in your business and in your relationships? And how has it benefited you personally? Wow, man, that's a big question. <laughs> um, you know me. I know, man. So I'd say too, in business and in relationships, let me start with uh, relationships first, because as you know, maybe the audience doesn't know, I've had my gym for nine years and I've had that with my fiance. We have worked side by side for nine years. So chew on that for a minute of the difficulties there, which I know you can relate to, Mike. And Lee, my fiance, she is, I'm big into self-development and getting to know yourself better. Well, she's a very private person and I used to be. So one of the hurdles has been with her communicating, you know, hey, look, people who live in glass houses, you know, can't throw stones. And my thing with Lee is, look, if we're telling people what we do, you know, like people are so secretive, like, how much money do you make? Big deal. It doesn't matter. If you are putting out there more of who you are, people can't throw stones at you and judge you. So that's happened in our business many times. Um, as you know, Mike, you know, people judge, hey, let's say I pulled up in a, uh, a BMW today. There's going to be people in my life like, dang, man, did you like hit the lottery? Like what happened? You, I'm used to seeing you that beat up Honda used to drive. So that's been a struggle in trying to have Lee understand that for one. And then with our community, you know, for instance, we've had employees, man, like you said, business and entrepreneurship, it's a journey. I have not been the best leader and manager of people you know, my whole time in business. And before I've learned, like when someone coming into your life is working for you, you know, how do you support them? What questions do you ask to help them on their journey? Because again, they're on a journey like you. And times where I've had to fire people or people have left on not the best terms, I've had to open up to my community, be like, hey, you know, look, business is a journey. It's not, you know, going from point A to B like a straight line. And uh, I'm still working on that. Well, that's tough when you announce that to like your team and your staff and the people you're training, because most of them think you're perfect and you got it all figured out. You know, absolutely. That, that, you know, it, you mentioned the word there journey and it's, it's incredibly powerful when you understand that word and you, and you use that word in the context of everything else that you're doing on a regular basis. And I just had this, as I was going to bed last night, I had this thought kind of run through my head and I, I started to write it down, but my, my pen wasn't working and I was about, I was literally about to fall asleep. So I had my wife, I told it to my wife and she was uh, finishing something up on her phone. I'm like, can you please text this to me? So I don't forget it. <laughs> so, so she texted me the sentence and it ties in perfectly to what you just said. And that is peak performance is a journey, not a result. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that too often in business and in life, we're focused on a result instead of the journey or the process. And if you flip that around, if you focus on the journey, 
and and enjoying the journey and learning from the journey and celebrating the journey, you're going to have a lot of results along the way and you're going to continue to build that momentum. But it's it's all about what you focus on. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Mike. It's funny that uh, you said that about the journey. I'm sure you've heard this before, people asking, do you think like happiness is a choice? And I agree wholeheartedly that it is. You know, you can wake up every day, no matter what's going on in your life. And it's funny, again, we're talking about journey. Agree, because I think along all of our journeys, no matter what you're doing, it's a choice how you want to handle your journey. Because again, on your journey, it's not always sunshine and rainbows. Mm -hmm. And if you come from a place of choosing, you know, for instance, you've had employees and so have I. I'm sure you've had to fire some at some point or they just weren't the right fit. As we've gotten better as leaders, you're able to massage that or maybe you're not ruining relationships as once you did, right? Mm -hmm. And just saying you're going to enjoy this journey, you know, it's not a failure. What can you learn from it and enjoy the journey and choose to enjoy it instead of uh, choosing to be like, well, this sucks. You know what I mean? I I think it's the same with happiness. Yeah. I want to back up and learn a little bit more about Adam. I want to know what it was like for Adam as a kid. What was it like growing up? Because you're part of the comeback series and a lot of our experiences growing up and even into teenagers and even into adulthood have shaped us into who we are and who we are becoming and equip us with the ability and the tools and the skills necessary to to make the decisions where we're choosing to be happy regardless of what the circumstances might be. So what was it like growing up as a kid? Was it easy? Was it hard? Was it somewhere in the middle? So Mike, not, I think uh, it was a little bit difficult growing up, but I know there were people out that had a worse childhood than me and better. But you know, growing up, my parents were always supportive. However, they got, uh, they were married to high school sweethearts, got married very early. You know, my dad was in Vietnam, like right when he turned 18. So was my dad. Yeah, really? Crazy. And uh, I had many talks with my dad about that. However, you know, I look back, I couldn't imagine being in war at 18 right out of high school. So anyway, that kind of shaped that. So they got divorced very young as well. So my mom has been married three times, my dad a couple. So there's been some, uh, I guess, influencers in my life that have changed throughout the years. So a lot of my life, man, I did not have a father figure growing up. And I struggled with that for a long time. Hated going to school because I just want to stay at home with my mom in this nice, comfortable environment. And uh, I remember in fifth grade, I had a bully. We were playing dodgeball, and this bully uh, broke my left forearm, man. And uh, at that moment, like, I did not want to return to school ever again. And uh, it was fortunate enough, my mom's third husband, who she's still married to now, John. Dude, he was like a savior in my life. He was really my first, like, mentor and coach who really was like a positive person in my life. And, uh, you know, he helped me with mindset a little bit. And then in seventh grade, my brother actually introduced me to, you know, strength training, weightlifting. Mm -hmm. That absolutely changed my confidence as a a little guy. And lo and behold, it's funny here, 30 years later, I've owned a gym and a fitness facility because I love making people feel good about themselves. So that's kind of it in a nutshell, brother. That's really powerful. And I mean, it brings up a lot of kind of follow-up questions. One of which is, you know, with, with your stepfather, John, what was it that he did specifically that showed you now that you have the ability, you know, hindsight of being 2020 and all you have the ability to reflect back and identify what he did that showed you he believed in you. 
So this may sound corny, Mike, but it's, it, I remember this. It was a defining moment because he was probably the first person in my life that was very positive. However, I remember in our old uh, house in uh, Annandale, Virginia, Northern Virginia, there was a day and I just did not want to go to school. I mean, I was crying in the foyer of our, of our house being like, I do not want to get picked on again in school and uh, was born. And I remember he knelt down and he used to wear these penny loafer shoes. And until him, like I'd never seen penny loafer shoes. I'm like, what are these things? And I remember, man, as cheesy as it sounds though, he kneeled down and took one of the pennies out of his shoe. It was his left shoe actually. And he gave it to me for good luck that day. And he basically just said, you know, hey, Adam, take this and I believe in you and you're going to go to school today and you're going to have the best day ever. And I just want you to know that I believe in you. And really, man, like, again, it kind of chokes me up to this day, but uh, that was a defining moment of, you know, hey, you can do this and somebody believes in you. Wow, man. I, I have, that gives me chills. I have goosebumps. <laughs> uh, it's, it, I mean, what's crazy about that story, Adam, and it's so powerful, is that you have this, this object, a penny, that costs more to make than it's worth. Mm-hmm. But the value of that transaction that occurred right there in that moment is compounded over your entire life, something that you carry with you still today. And it's just a, a powerful story. How do you now take that penny mm-hmm. and that? relationship that you have with John and carry that forward in your interactions with others? Uh, Man, I mean, that's something I think about every day, just changing in the value. Like you just said, how that's compounded, you know, the way that made me feel today that, or that day, that's exactly how I wanted to make people feel who grew up lacking confidence, um, self-esteem, people in their life who said, you know, Hey, you can't do this. You can't do that. You're never going to do this. And that's really what has driven me to this day. And funny enough, Mike, you know, I was the first person in my whole family to go to college and actually graduate from college. And that would not have ever happened had it not been for my stepfather, John, as well. Wow. That's incredible. That's incredible. What, what, what was the, the number one belief that you held as a kid or an adolescent growing up that held you back, that, that was keeping you from fully believing in your potential? I think a little bit of it, the main one is just, uh, you know, not being good enough and not, uh, I don't blame that on anybody, you know, not on my folks or anybody. I really believe though, that was an impact of not having a steady person in your life for many years at a, at such a young age. And as I've looked down, you know, my, my life now, how things have come about now, man, mentors and being around somebody who believe in you and really can give you constructive could criticism, you know, and make you feel good, even when you, hey, maybe you're slipping or falling down. And they're helping you get back up. It's just amazing when someone has a belief in you, Mike. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, belief is a very powerful thing, especially when you begin to believe in your own potential and your own capacity for greatness. I mean, it's 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 an amazing thing, and it and it takes people, it takes moments of inspiration for someone to breathe life into your potential, such as your stepfather, John did. And I think you said it was your brother that uh, introduced you to a gym. Yep. What was that like? What was that first day? Did he take you to a gym? Oh yeah, man. But he beat the crap out of me. (laughs) 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 He's like, come on, man, put some more weight on that bar. Do some more reps. Right. I guess he was your your older brother. 
Yeah, he's two and a half years older, Matt. He's he's a really <laughs> good guy. But yeah, he uh, him and a buddy had started weightlifting, man. Because again, I'm five five, about a buck forty five, soaking wet. And uh, I mean, I graduated from high school, 118 pounds. But uh, he, uh, yeah, seventh grade. I remember going to the weight room, and it was just simple stuff. I think the first thing we did, obviously, was bench press. And uh, I remember. God, I think it was just the barbell and it whooped my butt. I remember the first time putting 135 pounds on, you know, the big 45 pound plates and being yeah. like, I have just dominated the world. Yeah. So uh, it, it was great, man. It was definitely something new. And, uh, you know, after he beat me up a little bit in a good way, I'm like, you know, hey, this is kind of cool. And then really, you know, I guess you kind of formed, we had our own little tribe going as well, became a part of something, right? And thoroughly enjoyed it. And then after a few months, you know, I had these little biceps going and this little tricep. I'm like, hey, man, this is pretty cool. And then the girls were kind of digging it, too. And I'm like, that's even better. <laughs> Priorities. Yeah. Yes. And then you're like, I'm doing the right thing. I'm going to keep I'm going to keep doing this. And just to put things in perspective, you're 140 and you can bench what and squat what now? So I'm actually 145. I can snatch 200 uh, clean and jerk 250. I squat 330. I can overhead squat 235. I think I, I think I can still bench press 230. I haven't benched yeah. in quite a while, actually. I'm, I mean, but that's, that's, that's crazy. I mean, I mean, it's still, uh, as a percentage of your body weight, it's, it's significant. Just to put things in perspective, I weigh 215, and Adam can lift a lot more weight than I can. <laughs> I'm lower to the ground, though, Mike, right? I got a lower center of gravity. That, that is true. There is an advantage. I appreciate the, uh, the caveat there. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by the Lawton Marketing Group, a full-service advertising and design agency specializing in websites, social media, apps, logos, and more. Based in Oklahoma, they work with clients across the nation from small businesses to large corporations and everything in between. You can find them right now on the web at www.lawtonmg.com or call them at 580-275-2063. Connect with them now for a complimentary competitive analysis of your website. Just tell them the Impact Entrepreneur told you to call. No, you do own and operate a very successful CrossFit affiliate. Did you always believe that when you when you encountered this this belief that John had in you and that your brother had in you and that you started to nurture and develop through college and education, did you always believe that you would find success and that that you would find success in business? So there's there's kind of two questions there. One is first, did you believe that you would find success and did you know that it was going to be in fitness. Yeah, I knew I'd always have success, Mike. I wasn't sure what that would be. And honestly, I never thought in the world I'd own my own business. And again, that's because I think partly your surroundings, like growing up, my you know parents, just nine to five, nothing wrong with that. Uh, but uh, you know, my dad worked for the post office um, and just retired a few years ago. His whole life, my mom was a secretary for most of her life. So wasn't really around business, so I had no clue. But I did know I'd be successful because it was ingrained in me. You know, like I'm sure most people listening, our things growing up were work hard, respect your elders. That's the two things my mom instilled in me. Fitness, I had an idea. Like I knew I've had the itch or that urge for a long time. You know what I mean? And I think you've had that for kind of what you wanted to do as you've gone down your journey. But uh, 
I knew at some point, and once I started working after college and getting into the real world, I had these itchings of, man, I'm not liking this nine to five too much. And I, it came back to training people. And then I got into running from a buddy and, and started running ultra marathons and inspiring people for there. And uh, it just kind of drove me to open up my own gym, which, yeah, man, the first four years, I think as I told you before, we had our gym. I worked two other full-time jobs, uh, but that was my passion for having my own gym to really help people change their lives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now, today, you, you just bought this incredible facility nine years after you started, and it's, it's a huge facility, has a massive capacity with this top of the line equipment to help change people's lives and, and prove to themselves that they are capable of doing much more than they possibly thought was, was imaginable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but where did you start? Where did you start? Uh, CrossFit rare man again, nine years ago, it started a long time ago. I remember our first facility. I had a, a friend who did soccer training and because of just being scared, I'm like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing, uh, open up my business as CrossFit gym. You've got soccer. Why don't we join forces, split the rent, and uh, we could help each other out, and it'd be not as scary. <laughs> so we did that. We had a 3,000-square-foot facility. About 90% of that was a indoor turf field. So we had about 300 square feet was really our first CrossFit gym. Wow. Had two pull-up bars, uh, a rower, two box jumps, two squat racks. That was it. And, uh, you know, we just started training people, man. And I remember getting to 12 clients and we were like, yes. And, uh, funny enough, as we moved into our, this flagship facility we're in now, we still have our longest member who's been with us eight years. And we actually presented him an award, a plaque for being eight years with us, just this member. And we call him super Dave. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of, that's where we started, man. 300, I call it 300 feet of pure passion. (laughs) (laughs) yeah because you got to be willing to suffer for that about 300 feet of space yes what does it feel like to have someone in your life that's been that loyal to you i mean man it's amazing the funny thing about it is uh lee and i we had a ribbon cutting and we were having a speech and one of the things i said was that uh you know a community isn't built by one person or two people it takes a family to build a true community and we, then we brought Super Dave up, and the guy is so humble. He, he was speechless. He didn't know what to say, and we handed him the, the plaque, and he, he's like, thank you, and he walked away because he's just such a humble, giving person. He doesn't want any attributes or acknowledgement. You know, He just kind of does his thing, and uh, it's, it's amazing, man. It comes back to the adding value because that's really all he's wanted to do for us is add value and being a, a loyal client and helping us out, and that's what we've wanted to do, man, and that's a lot to do with our community. So. Pretty, pretty interesting. Community and relationships are critical for any business to, to survive the ups and downs of life and economies and markets and whatnot. And you have your most important relationship alongside you every day in your gym being your fiance. And so I would love to learn two things. Okay. I'd love to ask you a hard question, which is what were some of the fears? that you brought with you from relationships, you know, from observing your, your parents into your relationship, how did you overcome them? Mm -hmm. And what are some of the most surprising things you've learned about what's possible in an intimate relationship? 
Mm. So the surprising thing, man, is, you know, again, seeing my parents, you know, separate and things like that. So I believe the, the hardest thing in the world, I believe, is relationships. You know, I think it's funny who you are, but then because whether you're a friend or intimate relationships, you have to communicate. And I think I learned, I over-communicate. And I think I learned from an early age that that was the fault in my folks' relationship. They did not have, you know, they weren't on the same sheet of music. They didn't communicate. Maybe not enough or maybe not about the same ideologies. You know, I don't know. So that's what I learned, man. You have to communicate and kind of find that, you know, that happy medium, that medium ground. Um, because, you know, we all have experiences we come from. We all have goals. And truly in that, with somebody, you know, it takes two to tango, man. You can't, you can't be like, I've had friends that were married before and like, well, hey, this is just me. And my wife's going to deal with it. I'm like, man, you can't be like that. You have to work at it too. Uh, so, and then with her, man, some of the surprising things. So honestly, Mike, I've had some crazy stuff. Like the year I decided I wanted to actually quit my job and uh, leave a six-figure job and open up my own gym and take a, you know, more than a 50% pay cut. And Lee stood by me and supported me. Uh, I remember years after that when I said to her, you know, hey, I'm going to run a marathon. And her and my family were like, man, you lift weights. You're not going to run a marathon. You can't do that. And then a couple years after that, I said, I'm going to run a 100-mile marathon. And they're like, yeah, I still don't believe, you know, you can't do that. What are you talking about? So that's been some of the surprising things. Um, Lee is that type of person, but she has totally stood by me in, in any of the crazy things I do. And what it's made me realize is she, you know, she is, she's that rock, um, that that uh, integrator operations, that totally loving person. And I'm that crazy guy, man. I think there's someone in every relationship like that. There's the crazy idea person. And then there's the person that kind of stands by that lunatic. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm the, in my relationship with my <laughs> wife, I'm, I'm the visionary and, and she's definitely the, uh, the integrator as you, as you've called it, the, the keeps our <laughs> crazy ideas in check. Yes. You know, I, I think that one of the reasons I wanted to have you in included in the comeback series, in addition to your, your story is the fact that you are a CrossFit coach, right? And, and for those of us who do CrossFit and those who are listening, who do CrossFit or any really hard, intense kind of workout, we know that just in a 10 minute span of time, there's all kinds of stuff that's going on. One moment you're on the path to victory and then something happens where you totally stumble and fall and you need a coach in your life to help you come back to be that person that's standing in your corner and that believes in you and is encouraging you and pushing you on in the midst of all of these trials. So Adam, as a coach in your experience, you've got a tremendous amount of experience as a coach, not only for people who you're coaching your gym, but also just in life through the, through your, your position as the second season host of the mentee podcast. If someone is experiencing a setback where they had a goal, they had an objective, they had a target they were supposed to hit, but they didn't hit it and they need to mount their comeback. They need to get back up, dust themselves, themselves off. How do you coach them through that process? I asked them first question of, you know, why do they start that? You know, that end goal, whatever they had, what they were looking to accomplish, if they feel they failed or they did, you know, why did they start that? And did they have clarity on that? Because I've seen so many people fail 
just because they did not have clarity on what they really truly wanted. And they started going down a road that ended up not being, and they just totally beat themselves up. And that's part of, in our first conversation, what we said about the journey. That is the journey. You don't know when the road is going to turn and how many times it's going to, but you got to keep going down the road. So I think it's helping them see that for a minute and picking themselves up, dusting them off and saying, first, it's okay. Give yourself permission to give yourself a little pat on the back for what you are doing because 99% of people out there don't take any action and do anything, right? So kudos to you for going down the road and taking action. But hey, the second part is, what can you learn from that? You know, do you need to get more clear on the goal? Was there a step missing in your action plan? You know, what was the reasoning? So don't look at it as a failure. Uh, Look at it as a learning experience. One of my favorite quotes is the one from Michael Jordan about he's taken whatever 20,000 shots and had failed so many times. And had he not done that, you know, he would have never been so successful. And I think, you know, well, not maybe not everybody listening, but I mean, you know, Jordan, what, I don't think he made his high school team until he was a junior or senior, right? Right. Something like that. So that's really what I'd try to help people do is first give themselves permission to be like, it's okay. Give yourself permission that you tried and that it's all right. You know, hey, kudos to you. Give yourself a pat on the back. And then let's identify. So what did go wrong? But did you really have clarity? Is this really what the path you wanted to go down? Mm -hmm. Clarity, man. That is such, I talk about that all the time. Amy Cosper's, you know, talked a ton about that, about the number one difference between people who are successful and those who are less successful or not successful at all is clarity. And our friend Cameron Harold talks about the importance of having a vivid vision. And I talk about it in my peak performance framework and in terms of being engaged and having that clarity of purpose and being focused on the task at hand and having all of your attention, your awareness, your mood aligned to that one thing. Because even when you approach that that thing, whatever it might be, whether it's an exercise or a project or a pitch or proposing to someone. Uh, and, and having them become your fiance, you need to have clarity of, of purpose and vision around all of those activities in order to not only propel yourself forward in the event that you are successful in those activities, but also to equip yourself with the ability to learn in the event that you do experience a setback. Because action is rewarded and it's rewarded either with success or lessons. Yeah, exactly. But, and there's only one way to do it, you know, or, or make or be successful is to take action. But yeah, you're not going to bat a thousand every day. Absolutely. You and I met through Jeff Woods indirectly, uh, be, you know, because I, uh, I was listening to his podcast and I, I, I had him on my podcast and I think you, you and I connected, uh, through that episode that I released, uh, early on last year with, with Jeff, but, uh, now you are running you're the second season host of the Mentee Podcast, which Jeff started. So what was going on in your life that made you seek out a mentor or seek out the Mentee Podcast at that time when you happened upon it and equipped you with the belief in this and the, the power to take it over as a second season host? One key thing, Mike, I had a good friend, still good. He moved out to Colorado. His name's Tyler. He owned a nutrition store here in town where my gym is. We had a great relationship. And almost two years ago, next month in June, so 2015, he asked me a specific question and he challenged me and he said, hey, bro, 
what are you doing to better yourself today? And I looked at him like, you know, man, I got my gym. I don't smoke. I don't drink. You know, doing my thing. And he shook his head. He's big, tall, bald guy, big, sexy. And he goes, (laughs) no, what are you doing to better yourself? And I kind of, you know, I had an eyebrow raised. I'm like, man, what are you talking about? Kind of got a little defensive. And that changed my trajectory a thousand percent. Mm. So I started listening to a podcast and I hadn't read any books on business or motivation or anything in a long time. And I started diving into it. At the time, I had a coach for my business, which uh, had helped me learn a lot about business. But there definitely was not, we were not on the same sheet of music about how it was. It was not a, a value add from mentorship, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he invited me, he got invited by uh, somebody to come down to an event in Austin, uh, December 2015, and he invited me. And uh, he goes, hey, there's going to be great speakers there, Gary V, Grant Cardone, Robert Herkovich, come on down. And uh, so I did. I didn't know what to expect, Mike. We were in a room of 200 entrepreneurs. I mean, there were 18-year-olds in this room making millions of dollars, and there were people like me, just average Joe gym owners. And uh, that is when I met, uh, coincidentally, Jeff Woods briefly. And I remember specifically, too, that uh, they had the mic runners going around, and anybody got questions, the mic went by me, and there was somebody sitting behind me, and I heard this. Hey, my name is Jeff Woods. I write for Entrepreneur Magazine. I'm the host of the Mentee Podcast, and my question is this. And as soon as he said, I write for Entrepreneur Mike, the light bulb went off. And I looked back, clean cut, sharp, probably one of the smoothest looking guys there. I'm like, this guy's got his stuff together. And I, in my head's like, I need to know that guy more. I need to get in the same room with him. And like you said, amazing. Fast forward, uh, what was that? A year? And I'm taking over the podcast he started. So I didn't really know that I needed it or wanted it in my life until I went to that conference and being in these, this room with all these people who, I mean, you know, man, you go to these conferences and seminars or workshops, everybody's there for a reason to gain knowledge, share knowledge and add value. And it was there that really my, I had a total shift in my life of like, wow, I want to be around more people who are driven like me, uh, business minded, have these super high reaching goals. Um, to inspire each other and add value any way I can. And uh, it's come full circle, brother. You know, I, I talk a lot about bracing for impact. You know, that's, that's my, the slogan of my show. And, and the reason that's important is because there's really one of four things that's going to happen when you encounter another human being. And that, that is that you're either going to leave each other worse off than you were before, better off than you were the same, or you're going to have such a, a massive impact in that person's life that the trajectory they're on is going to change. And that is what happens when you put yourself out there, when you attend conferences, when you sit behind people like Jeff Woods and allow yourself to have the courage to go tap them on the shoulder and say, I need to spend time with you. Nothing bad is going to come from that that kind of activity, that kind of risk. It's, it's, it's not very risky. And in fact, it has had a tremendously positive impact in your life and has equipped you with the ability to run the show that Jeff started and to continue the momentum that he, that he started building. And, and you, at some point, will 
hand it off to someone else. I imagine when when the next when the uh, the student then becomes the master. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. What's what's the greatest lesson you've learned as a podcast host of the the Mentee Podcast? Man, the the greatest lesson, Mike. It's actually why Jeff started the 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 mentee, you know, a mentor mentee relationship. He started that from the old Jim Rome quote he had heard about: "You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, who you're around." And I think if everybody listening, like, if you sit back and really think about that statement for a minute, really analyze that, where is it you want to be in life? Coming back to that clarity thing you talked about, which is super super important. And are the people in your life, especially the five that you're spending the most time with, are they helping you or hurting you to achieve those goals? And man, I tell you what, that was a tough pill to swallow when I first heard that from Jeff, because I'm thinking, well, crap, man, I got my girl, Lee, who's not in a self-development motivation, but I love her. She's my rock. I got my family who don't know anything about running a business. And I've got my good buddy of 25 years, Jimmy, who has uh He's just a content guy. He's a great guy, but content. And I looked at my life. It was a hard look. I'm like, holy crap, dude, I don't have anybody in my life right now that can really push me to this big vision I have of my dream and goal for my business. So that was the biggest lesson, man. And starting to start that journey and process of trying to upgrade my top five. Mm. So if if your buddy is content, Mm -hmm. which most people would, would think is a good thing. What are you? High achiever, man. High achiever, go-getter, very energetic, thrive on social environments and people. The same thing like you, man. You know, you and I could talk all day about business and I love that. When you're around somebody and you've talked enough and they said, okay, I've heard enough about that, that might be a little red flag that, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know, as we continue uh, to, as we get ready to wrap up our conversation, I, I've started to ask uh, these three questions or this question, which is, what are the three lies that you believe entrepreneurs tell themselves that keep them from realizing their full potential? First is, I'm not good enough. The second is, who's going to listen to me? And three, no one's going to support me. Those are the three lies we all tell ourselves at some point. And hey, we're not perfect, man. There are days I still struggle with clarity on some things in my life. And there are days, you know, I still have those voices. But I'll be honest with you, Mike, being in a health and fitness background, what I've realized is I used to abuse sleep. I used to sleep four hours a night, five, maybe, right? Because I'm like, I got to work. Having your sleep in check, spending five minutes to an hour on yourself in the morning first thing with your phone off having your nutrition in check. You don't have to be a a nutrition nuts person, but drinking enough water, staying hydrated. It is amazing how all those things reflect on how you feel about yourself. And if no one believes me out there, okay, go out and get drunk tonight. You tell me how you feel and how much clarity you have the next morning. Mm, Powerful. No, I I totally believe that those are are the lies that most entrepreneurs tell themselves that you're not good enough. No one's going to listen to me. And, and, basically why me and no one's going to support me. And and that can be a very lonely place. And that's why it's really important to surround yourself with those people that are like-minded and, and build a community around those people. You're not going to be able to ditch everybody who doesn't share those same, that same mindset 
but you do need to surround yourself with people that do. And that's why I'm grateful to have you in my life, my friend, because you are a, a, a man that is on a mission that is trying to not only grow and develop personally, but also taking his expertise and knowledge and experience and sharing that with others, both through the podcast and through your gym. So kudos to you. And thank you for being a guest on the comeback series. We started the comeback series with your mentor, Jeff Woods, and we are concluding it with his mentee and the the second season host of the mentee podcast, Adam Edson. So thank you for being on the impact entrepreneur show. Dude, ditto, man. I can't appreciate you enough, Mike. Thank you so much. Don't forget about the awesome gifts I have for you. Head over to the impactentrepreneur.net forward slash scorecard where you can get the Clarity of Purpose scorecard. And then I will personally send to you the six bridges to personal growth and well-being. Now, Adam, thank you for coming on the Impact Entrepreneur Show and adding value to my audience today. I appreciate it. I know they appreciate it. And we will be sure to link to all of your work in the show notes. And folks, while you're there, while you're visiting the show notes page at theimpactentrepreneur.net forward slash 62, be sure to check out the Lawton Marketing Group and the Podcast Masters. We could not do this show without them. So show them some love. And until next time, you know what to do. Go make an impact.